I know several of you had song requests, and I'm sorry that we weren't able to fulfill all of those. Get the CD. Amen. That was just a moment of inspiration. <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, people who think church is boring, they're going to the wrong church. Yeah, they're right, just going to the wrong church. Right. All right, let's stand together. Second Kings chapter 4. And verse number 1, familiar story. But I want us to look at it tonight. Second Kings 4, beginning of verse 1. The Bible says, And there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead. And thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord, and the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. And Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in the house? And she said, Thine handmaid hath not anything in the house, save a pot of oil. Then he said, Go borrow thee vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels. Borrow not a few. And when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons, and shalt pour out into all those vessels, and thou shalt set aside that which is full. So she went from him and shut the door upon her and upon her sons who brought the vessels to her and she poured out. And it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said unto her son, bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, there is not a vessel more. And the oil stayed. Then she came and told the man of God. And he said, go sell the oil and pay thy debt and live thou and thy children of the rest. This is a great miracle that takes place here. But I want us to understand, I want us to see tonight, and uh, the title of the message tonight is The Process of a Miracle. And I'll explain that in just a little bit. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the day you've given us. Thank you, God, for your grace and your mercy upon us. Lord, it's of your mercies that we are not consumed. Because of thy mercies, great is thy faithfulness. Amen. And Lord, uh, we give you all the praise and glory and honor for everything good in our lives. And Father, we thank you for saving us. We thank you, Lord, for giving us your word that we don't have to wander around in the dark uh, concerning ourselves and this life and eternity, that you put the answers in this book that we call the Bible that is indeed and in truth the word of God. Amen. God, I pray that you'd help us now to glean from this passage. God, I pray for each and every one of our hearts, dear God. Lord, maybe there's someone here tonight in need of a miracle. And God, I'm glad that you are still a miracle-working God. Amen. Father, I pray that you would help us tonight as we look at this story to receive the encouragement and instruction that we need. Help us to trust you and believe your word. Father, if there's someone here tonight unsaved, God, I pray that you would bring conviction to their heart concerning their lost condition, convince them of their sinfulness and of their need of Christ, and that he is the only way Amen. to the Father. May they trust Christ tonight, be born again. Encourage your saints and bring revival to our souls. Now we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 
Thank you for standing. You may be seated. Many times when we think of miracles, I know when I think of miracles in the Bible, I think of something that just kind of comes out of the blue. Just something out of left field, and all of a sudden God just lays a miracle on somebody. Right. You know, when you, when you really take time to look and study the Word of God, most of the miracles that take place take place as a result in response to God's people having the right attitude and spirit toward God. That is, there are ways that we can, though the miracle is not ours, it is God's. A miracle is God's doing, it's not the work of man. But though it's not ours, we can put ourselves in a position to receive supernatural help from God. Amen. And uh, when you think about miracles, I mean, we often think about physical things. But listen, the greatest miracles are the, are the spiritual miracles that Amen. God does. Right. Saving a soul is a miracle. And uh, uh, bringing someone from death to life, that's a miracle. And that's exactly what happens when you trust Christ as Savior. You pass from death to life. Amen? And so uh, there's miracles throughout the Word of God, and I believe that God still does miracles in our lives. If we'll put, our, put ourselves in a position to receive them. As we look at this woman and we look at this story, there is a process that takes place uh, that God lays out very clearly for this woman. Now, when the the story begins, we see that this certain woman, she's of the wives of the sons of the prophets, and her husband is dead. And uh, he feared God, he was a good man, and uh, but yet he left some debts, And now the creditor has come and is threatening to take her two sons to be bondmen. I don't know if we can fully grasp just the the depth of this story. I can't imagine somebody coming to my house and saying, Hey, listen, if you don't pay up this debt, I'm going to take your boys. I mean, I just can't fathom that. I mean, they'd probably be taking them over my dead body. Yeah. But such was the case in their day, in their law, that if you could not pay your debt, then you or your family members had to go into servitude to pay that debt. So she's facing a very real problem. She's lost her husband. She's about to lose her boys. And uh, she's desperate. We mentioned that a couple nights ago. The need for desperation. We need to be desperate for God. God allows these situations so that we'll realize how greatly we need Him. And she's in, she's in need of a miracle. She has a debt that she cannot pay. And, uh, and I'm thankful that she, uh, she goes to the man of God. By going to the man of God, we really see her faith in God. And uh, she thankfully, listen... So many people today are losing their children to the creditor. They're losing their children to the devil. He wants to enslave them and ruin and wreck their lives. You say, what can we do about it? Listen, I'm thankful this woman was concerned enough 
that she went to the man of God and said, hey, whatever I need to do, right. what, what can God do on my behalf? Yes. This, we need some parents and some grandparents who will get desperate for God to work yes. in their children's lives. Amen. Amen. Right. I'm Amen. tired of seeing so-called believers that allow their children just to go to the world and it's seemingly they never shed a tear. Yep, right. They never come Amen. down to the altar. They never beg for help from God or from God's people. Right. What's going on Amen. in the hearts of God's people? Exactly right. yeah. And there's nothing Amen. more precious in this world to me than my children. Unless right. one day they may go to the world, they may go to the devil, but it will be by God's grace over my prayers. Amen. I'm not going to just let them go. Right. Amen? Amen. And this woman, she got concerned about her boys. And she went to the man of God. And the first thing I want us to see is there's supplication. Oh, yeah. right. There is supplication. She goes to Elisha with her, with her uh, request for help. And then we see Elisha's response. He asked her two questions. He says, what shall I do for thee? Maybe he's just being kind. Maybe he's just saying, hey, you know, how can I help you? Or maybe he's saying, what shall I do for thee? Yeah. You ever been there? Oh, yeah. <laughs> but then the second question is this. Tell me what hast thou in the house? What do you have in the house? Mm -hmm. Now look at her answer, and I want you to think about it carefully. She said, thine handmaid hath not anything in the house save a pot of oil. You notice how she said this? She said, I don't have anything. Well, you know, I got this little pot of oil. Yeah. But you realize that God was going to meet her need with what she already had? Yes. Amen. God is going to meet her need. He's going to supply for her family, supply for her home with what she has already, uh, what she already possesses. Now you look and study in the Word of God, and um, uh, the Holy Spirit often is typified by oil. Yes. Now I was thinking about this as we go further and get closer to the Lord's coming, and the persecution and the oppression ramps up, and it's going to continue. To ramp up, and they're going to come. And they're going to try to take what we have, and they're listen. They may try to take our children. They they may take our Bibles. Oh, yeah. Are you listening? They may take our houses of worship. But it's good to know the house may be empty, but one thing they cannot take from us, and that is the precious Holy Spirit yes. Amen. of God. Amen. Amen. Right. And with Him, you have all that you need. So God is going to meet her need with what she has already, but she didn't realize. She looked at what she had, and she did not think that it was enough to meet the need. And with man, it wasn't enough to meet the need. But with God, all things are possible. What a God we serve. She said, I, I don't, all I've got is just this pot of oil. Now watch what he says to her. 
She's come to, her, to him with his supplication, but now he's going to give her some stipulations. You want to see a miracle? This is what you need to do. He gives her instructions. Look at verse number three. By the way, he didn't tell her to file for bankruptcy. Oops. Man, it just killed the spirit right there. Amen. Amen. You got bills, you ought to pay them. Amen. Let me take a drink of water here. Reset. This is what he says in verse 3. Go borrow the vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels. Borrow not a few. When thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee, upon thy son shalt pour out into all those vessels, and thou shalt set aside that which is full. Verses 3 and 4 are the totality of the instructions that Elisha gives to her. Right. Now, we know the story so well, we know how it ends up. But she didn't know how it was going to end up. As a matter of fact, she's not even given a guarantee in the instructions that this is going to be enough to meet the need. She's not told that her pot of oil is going to fill up all those vessels. She's not look at it again. He tells her to borrow vessels, empty vessels, borrow not a few. He tells her to go in her house, shut her door, and pour out into all those vessels. He didn't say they're all going to be filled. He just said do this. And then he said set aside that which is full. If I heard that I'd think well some is getting full, getting full and some aren't. What I want us to understand is that when God gave her these instructions through his man she had to follow them specifically. Yes, that's right. Listen, this is where we are in modern Christianity today. We are, we are at this place where we think God should be happy with whatever we give him, yep. and he should bless it abundantly and pour out miracles upon us just because we asked him. Well, listen, there are things that he asked of us in his word. And we cannot expect the full blessing of God if we're not going to be fully obedient yes, to that. Well, preacher, I just don't understand why I'm having these troubles, why God's not getting me out of these troubles. Uh, listen, it might be that you haven't been obedient in the things that you're supposed to do. Right. God is a God of detail. You see that all through the Word of God. When, they, when, when He called them to build that tabernacle, they're in the wilderness. He was very meticulous on the instructions that he gave them. Right. To the point when, when I get there in my Bible reading, I said, okay, let's buckle up. We've got to get through this. Yeah. Right. You know, when you start reading about taches and boards, and you know, I, I, I was reading through there one time, and I thought, you know, I've just found the first United Baptist Church. Because <laughs> he said there's 50 boards on this side, and 50 <laughs> boards on that side. <laughs> Well, there it is, right in the Bible. Got more boards than members. But he's so, he's so detailed. And, and the Bible says that Moses did all that God commanded him in building that tabernacle. 
And then the Spirit of God filled that place. Amen. We want to just throw something together, the, uh, however we think it ought to be, and expect God to bless it, and expect God to touch it, and expect God to do the miraculous. Listen, we need to be obedient to the Word of God if we expect to have the blessing of God. There are no shortcuts in the Christian life. So there's the supplication, but then there's stipulations. He said, this is what you've got to do. Now when you look at these instructions, they really don't make sense. It really doesn't make sense. You know, when, when you see a pattern, we talked about it last night. Joshua, going around the walls of Jericho. That didn't make a lick of sense. It didn't. Many times, God's going to ask us to do things in ways that other people are going to look at and say, I don't even get that. I don't understand. Why do you think that's going to make a difference? Listen, if God has, has given us his clear direction in his word and through prayer, just trust the Lord and put it into practice. He tells them, hey, go borrow vessels. But borrow empty ones. Now, I've borrowed things from my neighbor before. But usually I don't go over and say, hey, uh, can I have a, can I, can I have a, a, a vessel? Well, what do, you want, what do you need in it? Nothing. I don't need anything. Well, what do you need it for? Well, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put my oil from my vessel into your vessel. Is your vessel broken? No. Is it leaking? No. I just want to put it from my vessel into your vessel. And there they go through the neighborhood, knocking on doors, collecting vessels, taking them home. Everybody looking out the window. You know, that family's been under a lot of stress. Come on, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Why do you need all these vessels? Well, I'm just telling you what the man of God told me to do. He said, bring all these vessels into my house and to shut the door and to pour from my little pot of oil to pour it into all these vessels, right. all these other vessels. Yeah. How is that going to help you? Yeah. Right. How is that going to provide for your need? Mm-hmm. I've, I've said it many times. Sometimes it just will not add up on paper. Amen. It just doesn't work out. You can't figure it out. You can't say, well, you know, if I move this over here and this over here, then it all makes sense. Listen, God wants us to operate by faith. And this woman, this didn't make sense, but she believed the man of God, and she followed these instructions. He said, get all these vessels. Don't borrow a few. Get as many as you can. Bring them into the house. Shut the door. Make sure your boys are in there and then pour out into these vessels. 
and set aside that which is full. And so that's what she did. And listen, we know what happens. In verse number five, so she went from him, shut the door upon her and upon her sons who brought the vessel to her, and she poured out. So there's submission. There's supplication. There were stipulations. Now there's submission. She does not lean to her own understanding. She, she accepts the word of God and she acts upon it. And verse number six, and it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said unto her son, bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, there is not a vessel more. And the oil stayed. We know what happens. God miraculously fills these vessels. I'd like to be, you know, there's a lot of things I want to see in the Bible when we get to heaven. I want to see how it worked out. And I'd like to know if, you know, she just poured out the oil and it just was never ending. Right. Or if she poured it out and then she tipped it up and God refilled it. I don't know how it happened, but it's amazing to me. She just kept pouring, and they kept filling vessels. All right, take that one away. Bring another. She just kept pouring from that little pot of oil, and God supplied her need. There was salvation. Her boys were saved from bondage. Her home was saved, and, and God provided for their needs, and I believe that they lived off of the sale of this oil until her boys were old enough to provide for her. Right. So there's this, this process that takes place in this miracle. But I want us to think about this. There was one step before supplication. It came before supplication, before the stipulations, before submission, before salvation. You say, what step is that in the process of a miracle? It's subtraction. It's subtraction. You see, before she would need this miracle, or before she would appreciate this miracle, there had to be a need in her life. This is the part of the process that we like the least. But it is part of the process that God employs to do the great and mighty in our lives. She has lost her husband to death and she's about to lose her boys to bondage She also has lost all of the things in her house. Now, when you think about this, when I don't think she's exaggerating at all. When he asked her, what do you have in the house? And she says, nothing except this pot of oil. I think she's telling the truth. There's nothing left in her house. And you say, why is there nothing left in her house? How did this come to be? Well, either she sold the things to try to pay off her debt, or the creditor had been coming and taking things. Regardless, she is left with nothing in her house. 
I mean, think about it. We're talking about furniture. We're talking about whatever she might have had for books or, or family heirlooms or uh, food. All of that is gone. Extra clothes, it's all gone. Everything she has is gone. Her husband's gone, and now her boys are about to be gone. She is losing left and right. And this process of subtraction is not looked upon with favor, I'm sure, in her life any more than we look upon it in our lives. And yet many times, God has to take things out of our lives before we'll truly look to Him. Now when you look at this, and I want you to just consider this for just a few more minutes. (coughs) Excuse me. You see how God is working all things together for her good and for His glory in this whole process. This whole process. He is going to supply for her needs through these vessels being brought into her home and filled with oil. Is that right? Right. Well, what he's doing to make that possible is he is removing the things from her home to make room for those vessels. What she had in her home before this was not enough to pay the debt and to take care of her needs. And so God in his wisdom allows these things to be removed from her life, from her home. And she's, listen, I'm sure she is not appreciative of the fact that she's losing everything that she owns. And yet God is making room by removing all of these things. He's making room for these vessels to be brought in so that he can meet her need. So many times we have things in our life and we think I've got to have this and I've got to have that and I've got to have him and I've got to have her. And we, we, listen, we, we hold on to these things. And listen, as long as we are holding on to these things and not allowing God to have his way, he cannot do the impossible. Amen. Amen. Those things that I'm sure she looked to after her husband was gone, she said, well, at least I have these things still. I still have the, the house and I still have these things that we'll be able to make it. Right. And each day, maybe as that creditor came by and said, well, I'm going to have to take that. Do you have the money? Yeah. No, I don't have the money. I'm going to have to take that. Oh, please don't take that. Right. We got to have a table. We got to have chairs. He said, I'm sorry, I've got to have my money. Right. Don't take that. As he's loading it up, she's thinking, man, God, where are you? What are you doing? Why are you allowing this in my life? What have I done wrong? He comes back and says, you know, I'm going to have to take the bed. We've got to have a bed. 
I have to have these things. We're going to have to clean out the cabinets. I'll take that food. We've got to have food. I need these things, Lord. They can't take these. I've got my boys to take care of. I need these things. But God was removing those things. He was using the creditor to flush out some things in her life so that she would realize who she really needed and what she really needed was him. What did God use to provide for her? Oil. Oil. You know, many times in our lives, our hearts and our minds, our life, so filled with things, there's no room for God. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. No room for God. Listen, I don't know about you, but I know in my life, you know, when I really start looking to God, when things get hard. Now, we should be seeking Him all the time. Is that right? You know when the prayer life really ramps up and the thirst for God really starts to heighten? When we start losing things. We start getting some disappointments in our life. Then all of a sudden, we look to God. You know, we find, listen, if if, if we'll just be honest, we'll find that He is all that we need. So these things are going. But God is, he has a plan. Maybe you're going through a season of of loss in your life. Listen, we are all going to go through those seasons. We are. It is the nature of life on this earth. If you're going through a season of loss, just remember that God is still in control. And what he's doing may not make sense today. But he's going to use what's going on in our lives today. He's going to, listen, he has a plan for our lives to show himself mighty on our behalf. Now, as often is the case, you look at a story like this and you see, okay, why? Why do we have to go through this? Before this story, this woman has what she needs. And at the end of the story, she has what she needs. Is that right? So why the in-between? Why do we got to go through the hard stuff in-between? You know, I was thinking about this, and I was thinking about these two boys. It's no accident the Lord said, hey, make sure the boys are in the house when you start pouring the oil. Amen. I don't know how long these boys lived. I don't know if they grew up and had families and children and grandchildren, but they probably did. Right. And I think about these boys years down the road. Amen. Their little grandchildren coming up to them and say, Grandpa, tell me that story. Yes, sir. Right. Yes, sir. Yeah. 
Is our God real? Boys, let me tell you a story. When I saw that it wasn't just, listen, the God that mom and dad talked about, he wasn't a God who was afar off. He's a God who is near. Amen. He's a God who is real. And I saw with my own eyes God meet our need in a miraculous way. And all their lives they would have this testimony. They'd be able to tell the next generation and the one after that. Let me tell you about how real our God is and how he is a very present help in time of trouble. You know what our young people need to see and know that the God that we preach about and sing about and teach them about, he is real. And he just, he just wasn't a miracle working God in the Old Testament or in the New Testament times, but he still has power to change lives, to change situations, to rescue families, to provide needs, to send revival. Our God is real. Now think about these boys. My, what a testimony they had. Amen. Right. Amen. So tonight, if you're in need of a miracle, we still serve a miracle working God. Right. And there may be a process that he wants to work to bring about his hand of deliverance and provision. And you just make sure that whatever he tells you to do, yes, sir. you do it. Amen. 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 Yes, sir. Yes, sir. God always blesses obedience. Yes, sir. Always. Obedience and faith. That song we sing, trust and obey. There's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. My dad used to tell us all the time, me and my brothers, he'd say, boys, you got the easiest job in the world. All you have to do is do what I say. Right. Yeah. Now, it didn't feel like the easiest job in the world. Right. Because we didn't want to do what he said. We want to do what we want to do. Yeah, right. You listen, you know what the key to obedience is? Faith. Yeah. Faith. Right. And God, God met this woman's need in a miraculous way because she just accepted God's direction Amen. and she submitted herself yes, to the word of God. Right. Yes, and God did for her. Listen, people say all the time, boy, I wish God would. People tell stories about God's provision. I hear other people, well, I wish God would do that for me. Right. Listen, God is no respecter of persons. That's right, right. right. He's not going to bless me because I'm a preacher right. above you. Amen. 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 You're as close to God as you want to be. God can do for you what he can do for anyone else. But listen, we got to believe him. We got to trust him. And when things are going out of our lives that we, and we're, we're saying, Lord, why? 
Why is that? It could be that he's just making room yes, sir. for something better. Amen. Amen. I know we've lived in several houses down through the years. You know what I found out about every house we lived in? No matter the size, it gets filled. Right. Isn't that right? Right. It just gets filled. We collect junk. Right. Amen. Right. Oh, yeah. And what a picture of our lives. You know what happens in our lives? We got capacity for so much stuff in our lives. Listen, emotionally, spiritually, physically, there are limitations to what you can handle. That's one, of the, that's one of the dangers about social media. Yes, there, you're not intended to handle all that stuff. Yeah, right. yeah. I'm not even talking about wicked stuff. I'm just talking about all the burdens. Yes. You weren't built to handle all that. There's only so much you can handle. And so, listen, your life is going to be filled with stuff. Many times it gets filled with the wrong stuff. And God, in his wisdom, knows, hey, it's time to purge some of this stuff out. Why is that? So he can make room for himself. Your greatest need is not more money in the bank or a nicer car or a better house. Your greatest need is a closer walk with God. And so if he's got to take other things out of our lives to make room for him, then he knows what he's doing. Let's stand together. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word tonight. Thank you, God, for the truth. God, help us to trust you. God, I pray that you would cause us, Lord, to believe what you say in your word, to obey it even when it doesn't make sense to us, Lord, watch you do what only you can do. Lord, for the seasons of loss in our lives that each and every one of us go through, God, we know that you have the grace for us to get us through that time. And Lord, maybe you're wanting to purge some things, other things out of our lives so that we have a closer relationship with you. More of you and less of this world. Yes, sir. God, I pray that you would call us to that tonight. Yes. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. The altars are open. Sarah's going to sing a song. Why don't you just <coughs> do business with the Lord tonight? Pour your heart out to him.